This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Inheritance. I'm Van Velding, and I watched this episode when it originally aired. And three, two, one, engage. So it's the one with Data's, I guess, even though I've billed it as that episode, we should wait until the twist comes up so that we can talk about the twist. I am noticing a slight tendency with these season seven episodes to have world shattering consequences that are of no consequences. I mean, okay, I get that she's the main character, but look at this Andy Griffith motherfucker right there. Is it the same hairpiece? I mean, that is an uncanny resemblance to what I'm saying right here. Oh, their planet's going to be uninhabitable in 13 months. It seems like you would start to move. It seems like you wouldn't put all your eggs in the Starfleet basket. You know what I'm saying? Starfleet's great. Good people. But it seems like you would plan a vacation with all of your worldly goods now. Uh, also of note, Picard wanted to put in his captain's log, yeah, it's uh, Planet Altea. They got a human, though. Like, dude, Picard, emigration has to exist in the future. This can't be a shock to you. This doesn't need to go in a captain's log. Sometimes, there are humans. I can only imagine Picard going up to Earth and be like, ah, good old Earth, captain's log, back at Earth. They got Bolians here now. Didn't know they had Bolians on Earth. Will, do you know about the Bolians on Earth? And Will's like, yes, yes, sir, they're there are bullions sometimes, Captain. It's They've been on Earth. How long? It's like, I don't know how long, sir. No one cares. You're the only one making log entries about random demographics. Okay? Just sometimes... Sometimes the lady is Data's mom, I guess. She She's like, oh, Data, do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. You know he doesn't know who you are. Because they've covered that. And also, it's been 10 years. She's like, oh, I was I was on Omicron Theta when you were made. I, I helped create you. I'm kind of... And Data's like, oh, god damn, another fucking family member. Like, even Data's tired of this stuff. So anyway, um, it's like, well, so you, do, you, do you recognize me, Data? I mean, in the 15... I think, actually, it might be closer to 20 years. 20 or 30 years. In all of the time that Data has been active, are you telling me that you're like, eh, maybe he knew about me, he just didn't reach out to me. And then also, Data's kind of famous. Like, again, I don't know, maybe I worked as a paralegal for a couple years. I don't keep up with legal news. So maybe if I interned slash banged for the galaxy's premier cyberneticist, and then... I dumped his ass, uh, spoilers, and moved on with my life. I still feel like maybe I would be aware if his only creation was still alive and in Starfleet and was on the inside cover of Time and Bullshit because he helped stop the Borg from assimilating Earth one time. It feels like I would at least send him a Facebook poke. Seems like. But this is like, oh, fucking bleh. Oh, God, now that he's right in front of me. Feels like I should say something. It would be awkward otherwise. <laughs> it's like, I mean, now it would just be weird. 
you have your your androidness and your Starfleet things, and I have my geology that I do, apparently. I don't know how she went from androids to geology, but all right. There's silicon in there. Silica S. Whatever. She she fix she fixes planets she lives on now. It is a weird coincidence that Dr. Nooning Soon's ex uh, was a geologist on a planet that needed geological healing from a Starfleet ship. Otherwise, they would have never met. They can't even go to a conference or something. These people go to boring-ass conferences all the time. And um, she can't even meet him there at a science conference. It's weird. So anyway, now she's like, oh yeah, we wiped your processors. In the previous scene, you're like, do you remember me? And then she's like, nah, we wiped your memory. I'm just saying things because they're in the script, I guess. I guess she's a little surprised. Although he does have all the logs, so it's weird kind of wiping of the memory that they did here. So he doesn't really trust her story, which is fair, because everybody died. Granted, no bodies. We've seen how the crystalline entity works. It just turns every living thing into sand. So there you go. Um, so yeah, now, I, I one thing I hold against this episode is all of the stereotypical mom stuff they do. It was like, oh, she's a mom. What do moms do? And they put up a whiteboard. It, it was it was 1994, but they, they found the world's first whiteboard and dry erase markers. And like, what what is what do moms do? And they wrote mom at the top. And they're like, oh, embarrassing memories from youth. Um, act like they know you when they only saw you shit before you could form a sentence. Yeah, okay. All right. And then we're going to spend the rest of the episode doing mom stuff. So anyway, I don't buy it. Data doesn't buy it. And I'm I'm on Data's side for this one. Like, yeah. And she abandons him. She and Dr. Shum abandon him. Take his head with you. Like, couldn't, couldn't you have just taken his head and then remade his body? That seems fair. It's not like that third seat was a toilet or anything. Just put him, put him on your lap like a baby and take him with you. And Dr. Shum's like, hey, you, you're not in any of his blog entries or tweets. I don't know that you know Dr. Soon. And she's like, oh, we were on the QT because he was too old for me. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry. I Maybe it's because some people in my family have crazy person's disease that I hear about her secret love affair with the world's galaxy's premier cyberneticist. And I'm like, yeah, she has crazy person's disease. She's delusional. But... We're kind of rolling forward, but well, she, I mean, that Dr. Noonan Soon was weird. I was in the Terlina system. That was nice. That Dr. Soon was weird is no secret. <laughs> she knew where Soon was this whole time. <laughs> she could have said something. She could have been like, oh, oh, hey, Data. Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm a crazy lady. Uh, I'm so glad you're a, a lieutenant in Starfleet now. Um... Your father is on a place called Terlina. Could you talk to him? He may have an emotion ship for you. Or even at any point after season one, when when Laura's out there, 
She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't, I don't know if this is public knowledge or not. She's like, huh. So uh, one of my ex-boyfriend's creations teamed up with the Borg, who attacked Earth credibly a couple years ago. Um, try to dominate all life in the galaxy. Feel like I should have said something a few years ago when he was just teaming up with the Crystalline Entity. Feel like I should have said something back then. Uh, but maybe that I knew what was up. On the other hand, maybe Lore would have shown up in Roundhouse kicked her if, if he'd known, you know? How many other associates of Soon have been Roundhouse kicked by uh, Lore? Just just beaming down from a pack-led ship. Just being like, I'm a crazy Lore. I'm going to mess you up. Fix my brain. Oh, yeah. Feels entitled to a sense of empathy uh, and family despite not doing anything. Like, look. Screw this lady. Okay, she seems nice enough. I'm sure she's a fine geologist. Um, but she's like, oh, Data, I'm your mom. Let's let's hold hands now. You knew where he was for decades. And you never tried to reach out. At all. But now you do. And it isn't even the doubt. It's just... Which there is. There's a doubt whether her story is real or not. And honestly, this may have been a more interesting episode if it wasn't. Because it can be like, oh grifters and oh a desire for connection and oh don't fall for con men even if they're con ladies in space but this is just it's just inexorably because of season seven we're finding family members under the couch cushions at this point and and so it's like well of course she's his mom everyone who claims they're related to data is related to data what i want to know and it seems it seems like the true. It seems like that's the case. And I don't want to be weird about this. I don't want to be one of those nerds who's like, "Hmm, I smell a uterus." Let's get weird about this. I don't want to be that guy. But we learn in Star Trek Picard. Spoilers for Star Trek Picard that Doctor Soon has a biological son called Alton Soon, who may not be Juliana Tainer's son. But there's really no other candidates. Did she make Alton Soon like in a womb with her genes? Uh, it'd be Soon's genes. Huh. Or maybe her genes. We'll get to it. Ms. Soon, really? Why would she want to lie? Why would anyone want to pretend to be your mother? Jordy, look, we got to resist this so that a couple of scenes can fill out this hollow shell of a story okay there needs to be drama family drama around the android with no feelings what's data's arc for this like what what emotion is data feeling in this episode that as an android he technically can't feel even though he's going to feel it anyway doubt suspicion hope family i don't get any of that from this episode this is simply data solving one puzzle after another. He doesn't this doesn't awaken anything. He doesn't feel anything. It's a pointless episode. Not entirely pointless. There's some interesting stuff to talk about and when I talk about it I'm going to feel like a misogynist, but we're going to we're going to get there. So, has she left? Has she been in Tin Four this whole time? Lady, you have a planet to plot boreholes into.
Does she have a hobby? She needs a hobby. She needs to take up miniatures wargaming. I hear I hear Malifaux's really good. You know, I hear it doesn't have like all of the cost issues that Warhammer does. I hear it's pretty well balanced. I don't know about the Malifaux lore. I'll have to ask about that. But I'm just saying I, a tabletop wargaming is probably more emotionally satisfying than forming a mother-son bond with an android. Because why would you? Oh, mom's pressuring you to date and to get laid and, and being all up in your business, which uh, definitely Troy Troy could appreciate as a friend. <sighs> I got a whiteboard for this episode. It's the oldest whiteboard in existence, and it just says, This mom bullshit. Jesus. Can we just shoot this planet until it's healed again? I'd like to get on top of that. <sighs> so creepy and invasive. Don't, don't, don't touch data like that, you weird rando. God, just, just shoot this planet with your phasers and move on with your life. Feel like a Morty yelling at Jerry in that one season of Rick and Morty where Beth and Jerry are separated. Just do it or don't. Move on with your life. It's it's worse if you hang around. Oh oh, embarrassing childhood story. It's a streak of mom checklist getting checked off. Oof. What what are we what are we learning? Ain't nothing. They're just trying to. They're trying to forge a filial bond here that um, maybe it's more embarrassing when they fail at it. There's nothing interesting here. We don't learn anything about Data. Oh, Data had a development cycle roughly analogous to that of a, of a human child. Crazy. Yeah, lots of questions about making an android anatomically correct, but is Dr. Nooney and Soom? Of course he could. So... Uh, and sometimes kids don't want to wear clothes. God, this is tedious. So f***ing tedious. So what I'm doing with that DS9 series, I was thinking about just, you know, doing doing episodes of, of just talking about news that's kind of analogous to, to the DS9 episodes. I have to plan two or three episodes in advance and keep an eye out for specific episodes. I'd be going to a, well, I would say once every other week schedule, but... I can't really do that uh, because I'm doing this TNG thing as quickly as possible to get through it while it's still on Netflix. Oh my god. And this guy doubts an android's ability to do math apropos of nothing that has happened and nothing that will happen. His weird, bad android racism, I don't, I don't know how to tell someone that he's doing android racism poorly. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you're like... You, you're racist and you're not even good at it, bro. He's like, androids, they're so bad at math. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I would misapply other stereotypes to ethnic groups or, or, or identities, but I, I don't want to sound like a bigot. It's like, wow. Gay dudes always having that toxic masculinity. It's like, no, that's the wrong stereotype for the people that you're making fun of. Why? That's the... He's, he's just so bad at it. Thank God they're shooting this planet, though. Set phasers to... I don't know. 
Drill. Cave set. Yes. Set phasers to cave set. <sighs> this seems authentic. Now they're working on a common a common interest. You know, Data does his violin. She wants to listen to his violin. Um, really, she would probably compliment the playing of a violin playing machine if she had made that violin playing machine. Maybe you could put a real doll's face on it to smile sometimes and she'd be like, I'm your mom. I don't mean to dehumanize Data. Data's technical skills as an artist aren't, as as a, a musician, don't particularly impress me. He does synthesize different styles to make it something that's uniquely his, which is true. Um, I'm much more impressed with his ability to paint things and to put together abstract and, and nonlinear imagery into something that's original. Again, he's, he's synthesizing images the same way that he can synthesize music. That doesn't impress me, but I feel like, I feel like there's a lot more variability in the imagery that as a non-musician, I don't see in the music. Um, I just don't buy. I just don't buy Juliana Tainer. That's all. I mean, I realize she's a real person. She's a real douchebag. Okay, like the realities of Juliana Tainer. Mm, perfect. Nailed it. Good enough to be in Deep Space Nine. She's she's the more uphold. The fact the fact that this. Series doesn't treat her like Morapol, who's kind of a creep, who's kind of ingratiating, who's kind of presuming upon his child's affection, is what gets me. And it brings us right back to early seasons with Dr. Pulaski acting against Data and Data going, okay, whatever, and not really getting that someone's emotionally f***ing with him. And it, it makes him feel like a victim, where it's like someone's just scoring emotional points on him that he doesn't care about. Um, and it's like a, this weird emotionally masturbatory thing that's creepy and that I don't like and that seems exploitative of data um, that's using him for emotional satisfaction while denying him his own agency. See, this is more impressive. The paintings are more impressive. So I, I just like the fact that we're just supposed to get on board with this. There are a lot of episodes in this season where it's like, oh, I have a new family member. Oh, crazy. Let's forge this bond in season seven. No. No. Oh, lol. It's hard to be angry during during lol times. So, yeah, again, he had to have made the cover of Time and Bull for that. He made an android. He made a daughter and she died. It's a good callback. And also, I'm perfectly satisfied with how Star Trek Picard didn't have to call back to her when talking about synthetics. I guess it was good that they didn't um, out her in this episode. Spoilers. Because um, she'd have been banned. Banned from space. And I guess disassembled. Because uh, that's the Federation. So anyway. Um, so yeah, now they're playing, they're playing their violins together in... 10 forward. And which is nice. There's something they can do together. It's an organic, it's an organic connection. And the deal is season seven has so many times where it's just like, hey, here's a new family member. Let's form this bond at the last minute. And everyone's like, no, we don't, we can't possibly care about this at all. Look, when Data meets a plasma entity posing as his mom, 
okay, we get that. There's some history there. We don't we don't play into that a lot. No. Um, psychic plasma. Mm. It has other problems with presentation, okay? It has other differenter problems. But when Worf meets his brother, which we learn he has a human brother, there, there's a lot of history there. We get that history. Makes sense. Um, Roe comes back. She meets complete strangers. Wesley comes back. He meets complete strangers. And there are bonds between them that kind of make sense and kind of work as you come to know a person. But then we have a couple instances um, in this season where we meet whole new family members and we have to make this filial bond happen. And it doesn't work. It never works. It falls flat. And this episode is all about that. So yeah, they made three babies that freaking died. One of them was apparently B4 from one of the Star Trek The Next Generation movies that we're going to get to. Inexorably, we are going to get to it. And, and she's like, oh, it's so terrible. You know, oh, we had to dismantle lore, which is a nice callback. And she's like, I didn't want to make you because we'd lost three of them. And then lore had also been crazy, but we did it. But they disassembled them. They took them apart. They, the other three androids, they just, away, into pieces on Omicron Theta. Okay, they were broken androids that did not work, who existed shortly and then died. Um, and and then in in Star Trek Nemesis, they they're like, oh, here's one, and he seems to function. He's an idiot, but you know he seems to function basically. And somehow the Romulans got him out of Omicron Theta, but not Lore, who worked perfectly, but we never found it. Whatever, man. Nemesis was such a piece of... Such a bad movie. Again, you could have... You could have... See? There was room. You didn't have to take off his head. You could have just brought him with you. You left him behind. She's like, oh, we were afraid you'd turn out like lore. I'm sorry. I, I just don't buy it. This makes her the worst person. She deserves better. I mean, like any character in a TV show deserves better to me than, than to be the woman who's like, oh, what if something goes wrong again? Oh, Noonie, and you have to leave him behind. You have to. Um, man. What? She's just so crappy. It's like, commit to it. You made the android. I just don't. I don't buy the drama. You know, it's just like one more twist in the formula. You just keep the drama in this episode so that we can, we can continue to say that things continue happening. So they run into some kind of problem and she does some math real quick and solves it. Which gets into the next drama speed bump we're going to hit. Drama bump? Drama tag? Can we just say that these are all drama tags we're just pulling out of this episode? Like rip cords on a guy with seven parachutes on? That's how we roll in Mayberry. This old guy who's completely irrelevant is uh, pretty happy. Pretty happy it worked. 
I assume they're together. I, I feel like they said that. I don't recall specifically any line that says that she's dating Andy Griffith here. But whatever. Anyway. So now they're in the cave. The phasers successfully erected a, a cave set. Now they're in it to fix the planet with um, the little console. There are all these little bits of data noticing her that are, are subtle. The, the final mystery of this episode is well constructed. Like, it's a good mystery. It doesn't really tell us about the mystery, but I think the camera work invites us to realize something's happening with data. And God knows it's not his desire to have a mother figure in his life. But, um... Data, you don't have to get angry to be like, fuck this person. You don't got to be angry for that. You just got to understand they're bad for you. And, uh, well, she's not like a toxic person. She's just, she's just a shitty person. He's like, hey, would you have left a biological baby behind? Yeah, if I had been your biological offspring, would you have ditched me on Omicron Theta for the crystalline entity? She's like, oh, Data, I can't answer that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because the answer is Yes. You can answer it in a way that incriminates you for being a crappy person, for making one of the most advanced androids in existence, and then going, eh, might be shit. Noonien, please leave it behind. God, fuck Noonien soon. He's, he's an asshole as well. But, I mean, props to him for listening to his girlfriend. You know, he was willing to drop that and move on. Yeah, man. Oh, don't get on this high horse, lady. Oh, I cared for you like you were my child. You left him on Omicron Theta. Oh, I'm sorry. You felt bad about dismantling Lore? Let's ask Lore how he feels about that. Oh, we can't. He's completely insane and dead because of it. I don't care about your friggin' suities, lady. You sandbag Data. You barge right back into his life and then you demand fucking forgiveness? For just leaving him there? No. This series lives and dies on its supporting cast. And these actors are doing good jobs, but they're given nothing to work with. She didn't give him up for adoption. Maybe this is some kind of an adoption analogy or an attempt at an adoption analogy. I was like, oh, we couldn't take care of him. Oh, did you not really love us? Oh, I've come back after years to, to reconnect with you. Now that we don't have a crystalline entity bearing down on us, which we didn't force us to leave you anyway. It wasn't circumstances that made her afraid to bring data with them. It was a pretext for her to put form to her anxieties, where she wanted to stop the data experiment. And the crystalline entity was an excuse for her to do that. It falls apart as an uh, orphan Abandonment. Adoption metaphor. I'm just not, I'm not interested in, in the, the emotional complexities here because I don't think they're that complex. Maybe I'm a lizard. Maybe I just don't, don't have strong filial bonds. But I'm just not, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing how people look at data and go, this guy needs a mother. And then seven years later, they go, oh my god, it's finally a mother for Data. 
and like this is this is what this is this is for them what shipping is like for other people but data gets it data knows something's up he wants to check he wants to check her cranial plate you can see that on the diagram cranial plate so he suspects something but we don't know yet it's not giving us the mystery it's giving us the pieces of the mystery and Data doesn't really know how to process it, or even if he should investigate this. And now his doubts earlier served this mystery when he says she's not who she claims to be. We're like, oh, she's not really Juliana Tainer. Oh, she wasn't really around Dr. Noonie and Soon. Like, oh, is, has she admitted that she wanted to abandon him? And is that now why he doubts her identity? But the clues are there. The clues are there for what Data really suspects. And there's a good misdirect in here. So now, now there's an emergency on the cave set and they got to go back. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you got 12 hours at most. Like, well, we got to inject all this plasma then. Red alarm. Red alarm. Red alarm. That's my phone. Um, so <laughs> we have to do this now, but also we have 12 hours, but also send Data I and mean, whatever. Man, we gotta we gotta enter this situation. Give us the tricorders, get to sick bay. Last chance, save the planet geology team go. Beam down. So yeah. Oh they got pattern enhancers because they're so deep down there. I forget maybe they shot the pattern enhancers down there on a little uh on a little pod. So yeah. It's, again, we're in a decent cave set that we got to go and, and do stuff with. I don't know why the pattern enhancers aren't where the plasma is. I assume that for geologist reasons, um, the the plasma infuser had to be... Yeah, man, hurry up. The plasma infuser had to be somewhere where it was hard to transport, even with pattern enhancers. So, you know, I get that. They got to go deeper into the cave to get to the plasma infuser and then they're going to go to the plasma infuser this is our tense moment i feel like we could use more shaking camera and stumbling there you go shake that camera a little bit there's some dirt from from the top of the, the stage that's what we need man tension tension there's also a weird like this plasma infuser see that should be the easiest place to to transport into that's where the hole is that's where you have line of sight whatever so but the plasma infuser looks a little bit like superman's rocket it looks like a little rocket with a baby in it i don't know if that's that doesn't seem to be intentional imagery it's just it's just there they got to turn it off and turn it back on again and now they don't have 12 hours anymore it's shaking more it's like well the cave is going to be stable for 12 hours and we got to do it more than that and faster i don't know Seems like we're just throwing numbers at the screen to keep the tension high. Whenever it doesn't seem like you need to juggle numbers to make the tension high, just be like, hey, it's about to collapse. Let's go down there. Infuse this plasma. And then these two figure it out because they're both good at, at science and engineering. And nice little nice little set. They put they put the stairs up alongside this earlier, I think. And, um, and they just took it away 
Now it's a cave set. Or maybe it's the same circle, but they just lowered the camera. And now that it's looking at them from slightly lower, it's like, oh no. You put put a few rocks in the foreground and post, and bam. So it's like 10 or 15 meters, but Data's like, we got this. I know I know you're like 50 or something, but no, we can jump. We'll be fine. So Data's fine, of course. But then also, Juliana Tanner broke her arm, and it's a robot arm, and she's a robot. So now we're intrigued, which is a good reveal, and we cut to commercial. And the top of her head is off, and it reveals it's not just her arm, it's all of her. All of her is a synthetic life form. She's one of the best. I love that Dr. Crusher loves this. There are a lot of holes with this. That there's just like, oh, she has a feedback processor. That's why she's sending out a false biosignal. <laughs> Wait, how many people have to scan this lady? Like, you can just put a feedback processor into somebody and then, bam, you can't scan that they're human? You can't, like, completely. Fools all scanners. Like, they transported her multiple times. Do you know how much data you can get out of a transporter scan? She has a GP. She never lost a finger. I mean, obviously, she has enhanced android things that are subconscious. So she did that math in her head. And she plays the violin, like, simultaneously the same way each time. Data noticed her blinking. She apparently blinks uh, according to, yeah, the Fourier system to appear normal. Which it seems like you would just blink to keep your eyes moist. Seems like you would just blink as necessary, but okay. So yeah, so anyway, Alton Soon, I want to talk about the weird nerd stuff. Um, so Alton Soon is kind of young at this point. You know, in 20 years, he'll be Brent Spiner's age. Um, and he looks a lot like Noonien Soon because he's also played by Brent Spiner. But did... Um, Slady's uterus work? Did she have a baby with Dr. Soon? And uh, we just don't talk about it? And that, that baby was a clone of Dr. Soon? I like how this chip right here looks like Data's emotion chip. Which is wild, because it means that the TV show is consistent about the portrayal of Data's chips. Of the chips that go in Data. <laughs> but the movie generations just couldn't be f***ing asked. Uh... So yeah, I, th I think the emotional points of this movie come pretty close to the end here. And this is one. And this is Dr. Soon, who left a hologram for himself from an era when holograms were not that common. To kind of explain to whoever figured out that Juliana Tanner was a synthetic. To let her continue doing that. And I love that he has a, a subroutine in case it's data. And... He calls that out in, in the message. He's like, "Ah, oh, wow, you have you, there's special dialogue for this character in the simulation. Great job, dude." Um, it's a nice little touch that it's not just like, it's it's a real nod to like, oh, this character knows things you couldn't possibly remember because he's just in universe. This is a message from Doctor Soon several years ago when he made Juliana, but. In reality, he's here to exposit for us here in the present, and therefore he knows things that he couldn't possibly know. Um, 
So, they, you know, by saying, oh, look, there, there's a special protocol just for data is a real, a real take on it. He calls her Juliana O'Donnell because he doesn't know that her name is going to be Juliana Tainer. It's great. There is a bit of a hiccup, though, because, you know, he's, he's Dr. Soon. He backs up everything and he, uh, he acts, you know, he's, he's distraught when he talks about her death, when they escape from the crystalline entity. Again, it has a beam, which um, scours all life, so I don't know how she was injured. Did she bang her head on the cockpit of your escape pod that had three seats, but you took no other humans with you, you assholes? Anyway, um, so she died, but he perfected the mind transfer. So he transferred her mind into a really, 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 really good android. Put a feedback processor into it. <laughs> um, but he created a, a robot duplicate of his wife. And he says it's the only woman he ever loved. There's a lot going on there. And Brent Spiner nails it as Dr. Soon. I keep forgetting this is Brent Spiner. Um, but then he lets her live her life. And he's like, well, you were hurt, but you're fine. You got through it okay. And, like, it's an amazing... He just... Dr. Soon cracked immortality. And it's interesting that he didn't do that for himself. Oh, God, I shouldn't give any of the Star Trek writers an idea. But... Because, obviously, he's much younger here than when we last saw him when he died, when he was alone on that planet. Where he just spent all that time making an emotion chip for Data, even though he had a, a subconscious dream processor for Data. Or whatever. So, anyway. Um... But yeah, so then eventually she left him, and it's um, it's wild. How did he do this after she left him? How does the chip in her head have Doctor Soon's story of why she left him? Is she on Wi-Fi? Did he put a backdoor into into her brain? <laughs> He's just like uh, blog entry start date four five six one one. She left me. Here's why. You ever find out? Here's why she left me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Doctor Soon licked mortality in the Starfleet universe. Um, he can make almost perfect synthetics, but he didn't write any of that down. But still, Alton Soon and Bruce Maddox ran off at some point to make less than perfect synthetics, and then they made slightly better synthetics and then somehow they also sifted through the wreckage for two of data cells to create a ghost version of data inside of a playstation 2 i'm sorry i'm spoiling star trek because well you can't spoil you can't spoil milk that's cheese already um you can't spoil milk that's already bad cheese i guess anyway um so he he wants the best for her and there are a lot of things you can say about Dr. Soon, including how he left Omicron Theta in a ship with three seats with only two people in it. But he does genuinely care about Juliana. And he asks that she remain ignorant of the fact that she is a synthetic. Unless, of course, she ever breaks her goddamn arm again. Which, good on her for not doing it. I can't cast a lot of aspersions. Most people I know haven't broken any arms. So... And, and the, the notion is that she would be less happy if, if she knew she was a synthetic. 
But honestly, she's kind of a bigot against machines. I say tell her she's a machine and um, let her soak in it. Is it petty? Yes. Is it punitive? Yes. Does it, does it make the universe a better place at all? No. Not even a little bit. Counterpoint her. So she can just make clones in her uterus. Like, did did we settle on that? Did we, did we, is that, is that our final answer? Is there a little clone of Andy Griffith running around out there? Like, yeah, his DNA is 100% Altaian. Wait a second. All of your human genes recessive? That's cool. No further questions. No, oh, Data has a child's dilemma. He wants a connection to other people who are androids. And he would no longer be alone in the universe. Which, I mean, I guess that's kind of consistent for Data. His desire to assimilate into human society is just to understand the people that are around him. The mostly human population that's around him. Um, but then it's like, but if, if you tell her she's going to be, she's a synthetic, then you lose what you've wanted your whole life. A sense of community. And one, you can't project your desires onto her. But two, um, she wanted to be your mom, Data. I mean, she if she's a synthetic, she's totally your mom slash younger sister. Which kind of has an Appalachian feel to it. But, you know, whatever. Roll with it. Um, the larger point there is that if Data's quest to become human is simply to become a member of society. A part of a, a culture. Um, a member of the team then yes, telling her that she is a synthetic would take her off of the human team, the kind of racist biological life form team, and put her in a tiny box of, of misery with Data. Not that Data's miserable, he just would prefer to be more realistic and to be a part of the society around him. Although in the pluralistic federation society, that doesn't really mean a lot. I mean, look at Barash. Barash is a gray alien whose people are all dead, that Riker took to live on Earth, presumably. And it's like, you know, he's the last of his kind. There must be lots of their kinds out there, aliens. Oh, they fixed the planet. Atreya is what it is. They fixed their planet. Uh, and, like, you know, like, Data can't be the only only one of his kind. What about Yoda? Well, I guess there was Yaddle. Okay, doesn't. never mind. Question stricken. What about baby Yoda? They could probably be friends. This seems actually pretty good, too. Despite all of this garbage, Data being like, hey, Dr. Soon told me he, he really regretted not being better. He regretted being kind of a crappy husband. So, and he does it in a very honest way without telling her where he heard that. It's a nice moment. It lands. In this mediocre, beige dreck, um, it's nice that Data makes her happy, even though he denies he denies himself that happiness. I I gotta take issue with this Altaian saying a child born of people who love each other has nothing but goodness in him. Lore had the same parents, so maybe maybe don't put too much stock in Altaian um, Altaian sayings. Because Lord ripped this mother up. Do you know how many how many of Soong's friends he drop kicked? All of them. 
Dude was on a tear. A pack-led ship all around the galaxy finding hidden cyberneticists, spin-kicking them before the uh, the Shazbot could find them, the Romulan Shazbot. Wholesome ending, but at least it's over. I'm contractually obligated to stay until the credits. And I don't know what else you're going to do here, man. Because it's... Uh... I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios. We are watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. We are talking on Discord. And we are recording and editing in Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. Thank you to Patreons Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess for their contribution. I'm not always as focused on the Beige and the Bold as I should be, but they remind me that as long as this is important to even a few people, it's worth doing. Thank you all, and remember Ren.